0: Final Boy's Status is a podcast about scary movies and the stuff that happens in them. The entire horror genre is generally frightening and disturbing, so if you're a kid, be sure to ask your parents if it's okay for you to listen. Or don't. You'd probably be cooler if you didn't ask for their permission. But then again, I won't tell you how to live your life. Also, we will be discussing spoilers during this podcast, so don't say we didn't warn you.
1: Hey, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Final Boy Status. Great to be here with you. Um, my name is Adam Bone. I will be the host for today's episode. We've got a great episode coming up. Uh, joined with me, as always, is uh, is these two gentlemen. Uh, we got Luke Howder. Was not expecting you to call me out first. Hello. Why not? That's, I don't know. Got some confidence issues there, buddy.
0: It's that famous phrase my mother told me every morning, gingers go last.
1: Well, you know, Mm. I have heard of that phrase and I've usually upkept it. But today I'm going to make an exception for you, Luke, because you're my buddy. Oh, thank you. I I love (laughs) you, pal. (laughs) When it comes to the line of the DMV, I'm not holding up to that. So don't don't hold me to that. But <laughs> only for my friend Luke. I, he's very sentimental. Today's movie is all about
0: friendship. So I think Adam is very sentimental, as I was while I was watching this movie. Yeah. And
1: thinking about my buddies, my pals. Oh, yeah. Our friendship. Uh, um, totally different uh, conversation than talking about a friend group. But we got Lance and Lappin here, who's, you know here
2: wait, wait, wait what? <laughs> what what totally talking about a different friend
1: group adam no Come i'm on, just bro. saying i was i was changing the subject i was letting them know You're we're changing no longer the talking sub- about friends oh I'm, I'm talking about lance and lapin what's wrong
0: about that talking I don't about see the en- problem talking about enemies and rivals let me introduce lance <laughs> and lapin Oh, you think you're going to get one on me, brother? You ain't ready for the Smackdown bone. Are you uh, Are you just saying not. this because Lanson married your girlfriend? Is that what this is about? Yeah, you know, bro. it's not always about that, but a
2: lot of times <laughs> it, is it is today. <laughs> it's not always about that, except when it is,
0: which is all the time. I've been oh. <laughs> I've been glued to epic rap battles of history on YouTube. So I'm just waiting <laughs> for you to break out into a rap battle. I'm just
1: any second. It's uh, going to happen. Yeah. Uh, uh yeah maybe we'll see we'll see what happens in the episode but me and lanson will let bygones be bygones as we discuss this movie it's a good movie today uh it's it chapter two i guess that's subjective uh but it chapter two um we talked about it chapter one if you haven't seen that episode go check it out and you can um hear this one But uh, yeah, if you're new to this podcast, so Final Boy Status is a podcast about surviving horror movies. So we will we have all watched the movie recently. We'll break down the certain decisions made by characters, the strengths and weaknesses of the villains, uh, the overall overall survivability of the situation. And if at the end of the podcast, we'll talk about and make a decision, could we and how would we survive it? Um, But because we're three bros that likes to talk about horror movies, we're going to uh, break it down in terms of quality and spookiness. Uh, we like to grade it on a scale of 13 for both. So a, a grade for spookiness and a grade for quality. Let's start talking quality about this one, boys. Let's jump over to Luke. Because, oh, you know, I, I'm i feeling generous today. <laughs> uh, Luke, tell me, well, tell me what you think about this movie. Matt, it is always like.
0: It's so nice when you get to go first. Just blank pavement. You get to just steal
1: all of our ideas. I get to, to I, get, I get to
0: say the stuff that you guys want to say. Um, I'll, I'll try to be somewhat unique in my point of view. Uh, so this one's a weird one for me because objectively, I know this movie isn't as good as the first one. But subjectively, just, just for me, I like watching this movie more than I like watching the first one controversial take especially because this movie is like three hours long and there's a couple moments where you go like "Ah, maybe it doesn't need to be this long but uh i mean it's it's checking a lot of boxes for me it it's spooky but it's also much funnier than the first movie and the first movie was pretty funny so for this movie to step it up in that regard is awesome the casting here is next level i mean jessica chastain Isaiah Mustafa. And of course, Bill Hader, who I have a special I have a special place for Bill Hader in my heart. <laughs> uh, I just well, that was a weird noise I just made. But here we are. Um, I think it's, it's also very rare that a horror movie has the kind of money that this movie had, where they get to have a grade A cast and just like a huge, like the scope of this movie is massive. The sets they built the production value in it like this is a top dollar production and it's so cool to have have a horror movie be like that because normally horror movies are like very low budget affairs so this one is kind of one you get to just stare in and wonder I think there's some amazing visuals I think there are times where the story's kind of wacky but I just I have a fun time watching it uh I'll try not to say anything else so I don't take up too much time and don't steal too much from you guys. Um, But uh, I actually looked at my score from the last one. I gave this one a, a, or I gave the first one a nine out of 13. I objectively can't rank this one higher. Subjectively I would, but uh, objectively I'm going to put it about the same. I'll put it, I'll put it about at a nine. Let's just, let's just say it's a nine. I think if you like the first one, there's a lot in this movie that you're gonna like. The relationships between the characters are still there. the spookiness is still there. Pennywise is still there. And remarkably enough, like I feel like we get a couple more moments with Pennywise than we do maybe even in, than we do in the first one even. Uh, so I think this is just uh, this is a good time. I mean, I saw this one in in the theater and I remembered. I think I saw it like in the theater twice within like one week and I was just enjoying it so much. So definitely has its cons and I'm sure these gentlemen will be more than eager to highlight uh, some of its weak points, but I'm just going to go out and say, I really
1: like this one. So I'm going to get the same score as last one. Awesome. Thanks for your thoughts. Uh, Lanson, how about instead of starting with your thoughts, um, go over kind of an overview of the movie. Cause I kind of skipped over that part. If you kind of want to introduce it, um, a little bit uh, because you're on research today. Usually one person chooses the movie, does some research for it. If you want to begin with that and then go ahead and jump into your thoughts. You didn't want to skip your part of the, the podcast.
2: Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, yeah, so this is just kind of a watered down sort of overview of this movie. It's It's a sequel to the first one. It is taking place 27 years later as Pennywise, the entity, comes out every 27 years to feed Um, at the end of the last movie they promised each other that as adults they would come back and fight Pennywise if he ever came back 27 years later so it's just basically a follow-up to that and just seeing where all the kids are at in adulthood and yeah just kind of a continuation of the story Um, yeah no so for me I, I do enjoy this one it's a good time I think um, I think my only gripe is that it does kind of drag in parts. There are parts of this movie where I'm like, okay, we could probably speed things along here, but overall it is a good time. And I do really enjoy like just the comedy that's there, especially between uh, Bill Hader's character and uh, oh crap. I can't remember his name. Uh, anyway. James,
0: James Ransome is the actor.
2: James Ransome. Yeah. But yeah, no, I mean that dynamic is really fun. It's it's honestly really cool to see, you know, how they freaking nailed it with all of the casting of like the adults from the kids, which is fun and yeah, I feel like and we we'll get into this more, but I feel like Pennywise is a little bit more ferocious in this movie. Like I feel like to me, like you see a little bit more of him and it's pretty disturbing. So, with that in mind, I give the i gave the first one an 8.5 i'll give this one an even eight
1: sweet well thanks for your thoughts um i'm actually gonna kind of come in a little bit more negatively i i know i started out the the podcast insinuating i was positive about it which was kind of weird but like i honestly didn't love this movie um Today was the first time I had seen it, but I had started watching it about six months ago or something. It was a little while ago. Maybe it wasn't that long ago, but uh, I stopped watching it because something came up and I just never really had the desire to keep watching it because at the point where I was at, I was like, I don't know. This doesn't seem that good, but I did finish it today. And even though there were parts I liked a lot about it and a lot of what you guys have already said, which I'll touch on, the casting was, I don't think the casting could have been better. Like, I don't think there was a single week link. It was awesome. Great casting. The morph between the young kids to, to the adults was just seamless. So, and I loved watching their acting. I loved Pennywise. And I agree with you guys that there were, more scenes in this one because i feel like in the first one the scene that's really his scene is the scene with georgie where you get a really he shows off his acting he shows off his facial expressions there's minimal cgi in this movie there's a little bit more of that so the scene when he's in under the bleachers and and the scene where he's in that like um maze of mirrors there's a few scenes where he really gets to shine and you get to hear his vocal inflections and it's you get to see his um, physicality it's just awesome um, and yeah as far as positives go uh yeah the stuff they did with some of the characters was really good and really fun to watch especially Bill Hader's character I think had a really cool arc and by the end you know I, I was very heartfelt and there was just some good moments however I think the movie was just so long And to me, it didn't really earn the length. It kind of felt like a setup and then a series of kind of different vignettes where they're like, we need a horror, uh, a horror scene here. So they made a horror scene. And to me, it felt kind of disconnected. It felt very individual where... um, yeah it meant something for the character obviously but it didn't really do much to push the story forward so i found myself every time one of these horror vignettes started when the characters kind of going down this rabbit hole of their life to me it wasn't that interesting and i was like i just kind of like these guys to band together and go forward in their investigation um it kind of seemed like a bunch of not red hair, what's the word if just an macguffins objects that are just kind of like we need this object because we need this object and they each had to find this object because we need it. And that's just part of it and don't ask questions. So I don't know. I don't want to spend too much time on that, but yeah, I, this movie didn't grab me as much. I did like the humor. I think there was kind of too much humor in parts where they could have been more scary and they went with humor and it didn't, it wasn't, it didn't always land for me. And I was like, man, I kind of wish this was scarier too. So, um, i yeah i'm gonna kind of give this one a lot lower i'm gonna give it a six out of 13 um i don't think i'd really be that interested in watching it again even though yeah just the star stood cast and some really good performances it still just wasn't interesting enough story-wise dialogue wise to keep me going but um yeah let's talk about now and these are sometimes kind of related. I know I threw a little bit of this into mind, but let's talk about the scariness, the spookiness of this movie. Let's kind of focus in on that and give it a score out of 13. Let's go back over to Luke and see what your thoughts are.
0: Yeah, I I, and I, I do think you hit the nail on the head. This movie isn't as scary as the first one. And something that I was really not expecting going into it is like how... That there's more than once where a moment that could be really scary ends up being undercut by a joke. Some of which I think land in a way, like because it's unexpected and you're like, well, there's not going to be a joke here. And then there is some of those land really well. Like I really love, there's like, uh, I mean, we're in full spoiler territory now, folks. So just deal with it. But like, it, like the moment where like, uh, Richie looks up and he sees like the creepy spider head in the rafters and he just goes oh there he is like (laughs) it's, (laughs) it's so not what I would expect a character to say in a horror movie and it makes it so funny but then there's also moments like when Eddie's fighting the leper in the pharmacy basement and it throws up and there's a really strange music cue that is totally unearned and feels completely disjointed so I will say like As much as I appreciate the humor in this movie, sometimes the humor is too much. I'm going to agree with Adam on that. I think there are moments where it really clicks for me and there are moments where it actually actively hurts the movie. But I will say that, you know, this it's kind of interesting because. I've said this before, but I feel like my barometer is getting broken. We're all where, when I think of this movie, I'm like, eh, it's not really scary. But then watching it today, I was like, you know what? There's some like freaky shit in here, you know, like there's creepy stuff crawling out of fortune cookies. There's Pennywise full eating little kids. We see him eat little kids in this one, which is something that we were spared from in the first movie. Um, And so that was something that was really like, there's there's some real stuff in here, so I don't want to like totally undercut it. I meant to look up what I gave the first movie because this movie isn't as scary as the first movie, so I have to rank it lower. But with a grain of salt, there's disturbing stuff in here and my sensitivity probably isn't what a normal person's would be. Um, so out of 13, I really hope this is in the realm of what I rated the first one. <laughs> I'm gonna go like, I'm gonna go like a four maybe a 4.5 like this movie does pack a bit of a punch in some places and don't you know like it is a it is a horror movie first and foremost just because it has like the scope of like an epic science fiction story doesn't mean that they're not going to remember the roots of this being a scary movie Uh, that being said when you're as involved in the world of horror as we are like there's enough jokes in this movie that I was never really frightened but that's kind of a personal thing.
1: Awesome. Uh, Lanson, what are your thoughts? Spookiness.
0: Yeah, no, I
2: definitely think, yeah. I mean, seeing the kids get eaten by Pennywise is honestly like, what are those things where I'm like, oh, because this is, I think this is my second time watching it through. And I'm like, oh, I remember this. And it's just get this really nasty gut feeling. And yeah, so. Definitely, I would say coming out of this movie, it's more disturbing than scary. I feel like what's hard is um, Pennywise is still the clown, but they've kind of grown into adults. And so it's kind of hard to go back to those same things that scared them as children, you know, and have it still have somewhat of the same effect. Because, I mean, some of it can be kind of campy. It's like, okay, yeah, well, that's cool. But anyway, um, so yeah, I, I definitely think it's disturbing for sure, scary not so much, in my opinion. So I will give this a I will give this like a five out of 13.
1: Awesome. Uh to yeah. Um again third person I'm trying to think of what to say. Uh as <laughs> it said, I'll say this. I did say I think me and Luke both brought up this point last episode, but and i just want to echo what he said where the more cgi there is and the more it's obviously cgi uh to me it's a little less scary if it's not as clean or fluid as it should be so there's a lot of scenes where it was just heavy cgi especially the end the little fight where he's big and he's a you know spider thing and um a lot of other of the vignette uh vignettes with the horror there's a lot of a lot of cgi so i think all those moments were never scary to me you never felt like it was real or that there were real stakes almost but i agree that the the moments where it's more intimate with pennywise and these kids are in danger those are the moments that were scary i also want to point out that similar to the first one there's also a lot of real world uh, horror a lot more yeah is that a good sentence i don't know there's there's some things that happen, especially near the beginning where you have scenes of a hate crime happening, which was very disturbing to watch and kind of made you feel not super good inside. And then scenes of domestic violence and suicide. So there were, as the first one did, very real world scary things that during those scenes, again, with Lance, and I don't know if it was scary or just kind of hard to watch. But I'll lump it in with the scary category because I, I love it when horror movies sprinkle that in and make it feel like a real uh, a real thing so I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of, out of 13 I almost said out of 6 out of 13 uh, to kind of cover that so okay. um, so
0: I'm for sure just far too desensitized to give an accurate <laughs> rating on scariness <laughs> I'm like, I don't know a kid got eaten, so that's what, like a two? <laughs> See that every day. <laughs>
2: the main streets of Tulsa.
1: Please don't find oh, my location out. All the time. Sorry. Uh, in the Midwest. I'm not going to tell you what country. In
2: Anchorage, Alaska.
1: Well, damn! now they're all going to find me.
0: All these fans coming to Anchorage. No, no. <laughs> the
2: airport doesn't have any more room for the, all these planes <laughs> tell them to turn back
0: look well, i'll Luke, be honest you can all come here and we will have room to stand six feet apart it's alaska
1: it's huge but <laughs> some of you may be on a mountain but that's all right yeah it's true when it comes a it's worth it yes
2: it is <laughs> yes it depends is. on
1: who you ask <laughs> Let's jump into the, to the juicy part of this episode where we talk about survivability and the factors that are involved. We usually break down uh, the, the evil thing first and then talk about the victims so we can stay true to that. But if we need to bounce around, it's totally fine. Um, we talked about Pennywise in the last episode. Um, we can rehash some of those things or talk about things that are further explored in this movie uh, did anything jump out to you guys when we watched this one that was kind of an addition to to what we talked about in the first one
0: well i think the the big addition and the thing that really turns there turns the tide to the losers in in the end is uh th- this movie introduces the idea that pennywise has to abide by like the rules of the shape he habits i think that's yeah. exactly how they phrase it and, like, I feel like that's one of those things that maybe – take all this with a grain of salt, that uh, when they wrote the first movie, first of all, uh, Andy and Barbara Mus- Muschetti, the, the, the people who teamed up to work on this this movie, produce it and direct it, respectively – they weren't even attached to the first it when the script was written. So they were working with a script that they had not overseen. This was a script they did oversee, which is why I think it's very different. Um, But I will point out that one thing that is not, I I wish it had been more set up in the first movie that like Pennywise is restricted by the form he takes. That's not something that's at all touched on in the, the, the first installment. There's a lot of stuff that's brought up in this movie that is not connected to the first movie, it feels like. But, uh, you know, I try to give it some slack because they 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 weave it in as best as they can. What I what I will say is like that as an addition, that as an addition, when I think back to the first movie, for the most part, it still holds up because like they're little kids, like most of what they do is run away from the spooky stuff in the first movie. But also at the end of the movie, like they shoot him in the head with a bolt gun and he survives that, you know, they like beat him with a bunch of bats and stuff. And Pennywise is okay. So like it feels a little disjointed, but (laughs) maybe because given the given the rules that are established in this movie of he's restricted by the form he takes, he should definitely have died at the end of the first one. But I'll, I'll cut it some slack, you know. So uh, I will say that's a fun addition to this movie is like, and honestly, like I remember seeing it in theaters, like when Eddie's in the pharmacy basement and the leper's like choking him and he just like flips his lid and starts choking the leper and pinning him against the wall. I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah (laughs) you're a full-grown man just do that like
2: yeah right
0: and every and again seeing it this time I'm like hell yeah that's that's the move man I agree so like I think that's the big thing we got to talk about with Pennywise in this one is now we know he's influenced by the shape he takes he's a shape shifter but he's still like the rules of the shape do apply to him in some regard
1: I think another thing that's explored in this one uh, a little bit more, too, is he is after kids uh, because kids are easier, I guess, but not exclusively. One of the first kills we see, he goes after a full grown man. Like, so I think it is opened up to where he's like, no, this guy is just hungry for blood. If he can get if if there's a full grown man just by himself, maybe he'll get him. So that kind of like opens up his pickiness and maybe I'm missing a part in the first one where that talked about, but that really hit me in the second one where I was like, okay, he's good. He's good just to take out anybody. He's not, he's not picky about this.
0: Yeah. The, the opening with uh, Adrian Mellon is something that was taken from the book. And I, I did like, and I get what you mean, that it's a very disturbing opening and it kind of sat with me wrong. Like the first couple times I saw this movie. But then you go back to the book, and like I said, the book really indicates that the town of Derry is influenced by the existence of Pennywise. It drives them to be hateful and mean people. That's why the bullies in the first one are like, I mean, like one of the, like, what, like scene two with the bullies, they're carving their names into Ben's stomach with a knife, which is insane.
1: Like there's bullying, and then there's that, and you're like, that's that's next level, man. Um,
0: That's fucked up. So I I think but uh, like I think you including it in this movie is like a way of tipping in the audience of like hey man like just because he prefers little kids doesn't mean grownups are safe like because in the first one again we only saw like little kids die so I do feel like there there needed to be that thing of like just because the losers are adults now doesn't mean they're safe. Exactly. Uh, Yeah. So it's why that's in there. But that also will bring up my next point, something established in the last episode, but something I think we need to talk about with a little more context here is the influence that Pennywise has over people, specifically Henry Bowers returns and he doesn't manage to kill anybody, but like he he fucks some shit up like he stabs Eddie in the face like (laughs) (laughs) which is like such a great scene by the way just like it's so weird and like just idiosyncratic but it works so well as he's like hiding behind the shower curtain and stabs him and then that line kills me every single time where he's like you should cut that mullet it's been like 30 years dude (laughs) (laughs) but i I feel like that's something else we have to highlight is the influence that pennywise has over people because again i think the most brutal scene in the movie and definitely the scene that like audiences like responded to the most and were the most disturbed by when this movie came out. I remember there was just so much talk about it was that opening scene with the character of Adrian and I think like watching the movie that settled in on me is like you can't discount the people that are getting getting influenced because they're they're gonna show up and if if you let them they're gonna kill you
1: yeah I think seeing that the things that already existed maybe subtly and how it's just ramped up to the next level is definitely at play here where it's like, now everybody's going to be at 150% or 200%, you know, their normal, uh, you know, weaknesses that they already have. So I agree. That's, that's more prevalent in this movie. Um, other things with uh, Pennywise... Um, shoot I kind of lost my train of thought I had something <laughs> yes Adam <laughs> holding up your hand like you're waiting for me to call on you in math class oh I was about to slap the air Uh, oh yeah here's what I was going to say <laughs> slap something the that even though to me was a little bit of kind of like movie wise I didn't love it but because we're including it with the reality of the story. If we were there, there is a lot of times where it seems like Pennywise can send them into visions or, you know, where he can kind of like send them back in time by giving them these memories where I don't know. It's a very interesting tactic where he's like, and we saw this in the first one too, a little bit, but he can kind of make things appear a certain way uh, trap characters in a way like the world around them is kind of formed like in that uh, mirror maze where it was just like, he was like boxed in out of nowhere and he's like, Oh, I'm boxed in like he has a lot of control with the environment around him to, to kind of lure things in. I think that was explored a little bit more where and either it's in their heads or he's actually forming it either way um that is pretty op yeah i i mean i will say
0: uh and maybe i'm misunderstanding you but i'm going to disagree with you on one point which isn't like um he's giving them memories back i think the implication is just through some weird like mysticism. They've forgotten about dairy, and they're just slowly remembering everything. I don't think Pennywise actually has any control of what they remember and what they don't. I think genuinely just being there is what's bringing back the memories. So maybe I misunderstood the point you were making, but like when they go off on their solo missions to get their tokens or whatever, I don't think Pennywise is like, Oh, good. Uh, Richie is now at back at the Capitol Theater with that token. Now I will grant him one memory. Like, I I think it's just genuinely it's that thing that all of us experience, right? Where you go back to a place you haven't been in a long time and just like your senses kind of ignite and you start and things start to come back to you. I think that's more what it is. It's just on like a higher level because what, like I said, there's sort of a mystical aspect to these movies and this movie leans into it cuz it's talked about a little bit in the book that the adults like have trouble remembering their time in dairy not because like they just totally forgot it but like when they think about it it gets hazy that's what it says in the book like when they think about their childhood things get hazy um and then this movie like goes all in on just like oh no they just don't even remember like life in dairy at all and so i I I don't know. I don't think that that's penny wise necessarily like manipulating memory. I think they're just genuinely remembering things. If I were to weigh in on that, interesting little metaphor there for like trauma and PTSD and stuff, you know? Because trauma, every once in a while, is like, you can have one memory. (laughs) (laughs) Here you go. What do you got there? A token for an arcade? Have a memory. <laughs> you can have a memory as a treat, as a treat, just a little something. I don't, Well, we haven't heard from Lappin in a second, and yeah. I'm I'm curious what's going on in that in that gorgeous egg shaped head. Of course.
2: <laughs> well, thank you. I appreciate that. Simultaneously,
0: you know? a compliment and an insult.
2: Hey, eggs are eggs are a okay in my book, man. I'll, I'll take it. I eat those. So you are what you eat. So here we go. Um, but yeah, I, I think a lot of the points that I was going to bring up, uh, have been brought up. I do just kind of want to highlight, um, especially in this movie, it highlights, um, how I guess integral or at least how cunning Pennywise can be to put all these pieces in motion to be able to, you know, thwart the loser club and to to be able to be successful. So, yeah, I guess kind of piggybacking off of the influence thing as well as, you know, just still being able to, you know, try to divide and conquer uh, is a tactic that he uses in this movie, which, you know, it's, uh it's probably his best bet for success. So yeah, I think the, the point that I was trying to make is um, we get a little bit more scope of kind of into the mind and tactics of Pennywise as he tries to hunt his prey.
1: Um, Cool. I think, yeah, with these sequel uh, episodes, it's a little tough to, you know, have, but I think the the points you guys made are super true and um, let's, and if there are things that pop up, we can go back to it. But a point I want to make is that, we are no longer kids at this point. We are adults or they are adults. And that is a big factor, I think, in the way Pennywise goes with fear. Um, I think it was Lance that brought this up, but how, when you get older, your fears are going to change. And so if you're a kid alone in your room and a clown shows up, it's like the scariest thing in the world. If you're an adult, yeah, it's going to be unsettling and freaky, but I don't know. It's going to be less of a fear. So as you become adults, I think they're, you know, I think they have an upper hand on the way Pennywise usually operates and the way he can manipulate children. But um, what other factors or, you know, along that same line, do you guys think when it comes to to our main characters being adults now and um, have things changed all that much? It's kind of a convoluted question, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> uh
0: things are exactly the same
2: as they've always been. These
0: friggin' grown-ups act like a bunch of 12-year-olds. Uh no, no, it's it's distinctly different. Uh I, I and like I said, I think just even the simplest way you can quantify that is show 12-year-old Eddie a leper, he like pees his pants. Show adult Eddie a leper and just like and out it. of instinct he out. chokes it. So it's like I think as an adult, even kids like these who have rough histories, they're traumatized by different things. Even kids like these have a little bit of an instinct to fight back. Even somebody like Eddie, who we see in sort of the back half of the movie, is constantly paralyzed with fear. Like he has moments where he overcomes that and he's able to to act. So I, I think just even the nature of being an adult, because like you know John Mulaney has like a quote where it's like when you're a kid you don't control any aspect of your world one day somebody says you're going to karate class and you say okay as an adult you're like things are still kind of like that you have to be prepared for things that just happen to you but on the other side of it you can assert yourself you know you can you can be more dominant in how things are going and I think if you're an adult you know in this movie you're let's see, 27 plus 12. Uh, y- yeah, you're like 40 years old in this movie. So uh, as like a 40-year-old adult, you're going to really be able to assert yourself a lot better than you are as a 12-year-old. So I-, I-, I think that's a huge advantage already for these characters is like, they can step up to the plate in a way that the 12-year-old versions of them never could. Um. Not to belittle the 12 year olds because, you know, they do beat the shit out of a clown with a couple baseball bats at the end. And it's (laughs) rad, but like,
1: you know, there's a difference there. I think with that, which is totally to your point, because I totally agree. There's moments in the movie where characters like I'm getting the hell out of there. They get in their car and with the intention of leaving. And that is a huge, even though, you know, the point gets brought up is like, hey, you're probably gonna die. So we should kill it with this it's now or never. And so that was a, an interesting way to keep them there. That is still like as kids, it was scary and it was because they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't drive. They like they had bikes, but like so as an adult, you also have you can fight a lot easier and you can also flee a lot easier because now you have that freedom to do whatever you want. So I liked that 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 is a even though I don't know it it is a good point that, you know, they'll probably die eventually. Um, they could leave if they wanted to. Yeah, there's there's sort of a comfort to that. <laughs> yeah. It's not like we're trapped here forever and I can't leave. It's like, nah, I could just go back to my old life and pretend this never happened. And I don't know, that's, they could do that as kids.
0: Yeah. And it definitely like, I think it's to the movie's benefit Um, that we see each of them have a definitive moment of no, I'm in this. Exactly. Um, and I think that speaking for myself as an adult, again, I know that I have options. If a situation is bad, I, I am constantly comforted by the fact that I can just fuck off. Like, I'm like, if this isn't working for me, I can just leave. Um, you know, it's. Let me tell you something. For those of you who listen to our show who are not yet adults, let me tell you, you can start exercising this now. If you go to a party and you're not really feeling it, but you feel like social pressure to stay at the party, spoiler alert, just leave. When you're a full grown like, let me tell you something. I left a party once as a full grown adult. Do you want to know the reason I gave? I don't want to be here anymore. I said that out loud. I said, hey, I'm going home. I don't want to be here anymore. Didn't hurt anybody's feelings. Everybody was like, fair enough. Like, it's like, like, so I, I, there is a comfort to that. But also I think, um, I, I, I think that there's a difference between kids sort of feeling like they don't have a choice and an adult going like choosing to be there. They have the choice and the choice is made to be there. I feel like that's a, that's something to reckon with maybe more than a 12 year old who just has like, who's kind of desperate
1: desperation has its own pros but like exactly i think there's two sides of the coin there because like you said them being desperate them being trapped in the corner could make them a lot stronger and a lot more desperate to use that word again but and as adults having that option is a lot more of a distraction and there's a lot more of kind of like a, a scapegoat where so it's like almost a positive and a negative at the same time it's just like different things so i don't know it's interesting
0: yeah i well i mean we're kind of already like into talking about the characters a bit uh so like Lappin, let me ask you any decisions in this movie where you're truly like this is a rookie move hate that it happened and i could do so much better i i don't know that there's something that pops out to me immediately as like the most rookie move of all time that i could easily avoid but again this movie isn't exactly the cleanest horror film ever made ever made so i'm sure that there's something in there that we can find and attack
2: yeah um i feel like for the most part it's kind of hard um just kind of coming from my perspective of being an audience member where it's like guys we gotta split up it's like nah dude you gotta stick and do the thing but again you know they're they're traumatized individuals that are being thrown back in the mix of that and so there's You know, it's, it's hard to be like, yeah, dude, just like suck it up and do it. Oh, actually, no, you went some through some real crap. So it's, it's hard to, hard to say that, but I would say, I don't know. I guess it gets to a point where it's like, Hey, this sucks. We've all been through some stuff. We got to get this done. So I don't know for me personally, I would probably be more inclined to be like, you know what, I'm just going to go out on my shield. It doesn't matter. You got to die one day. So might as well stick together and just get this thing done would kind of be my overall take. I don't think there are any like decisions in particular that stand out to me to be like, Oh, that was a bonehead move. But yeah, I guess just staying the course, I guess, is kind of the thing that I'm like, just do it. You got to do it, man.
1: Grind it down and get it done. I like, uh, I think, Something that that reminded me of is a decision where I didn't think about it before, but now I'm thinking about it. I was like, "This is what I'd totally do." They all kind of just like after, well, after they've made the decision, they put their entire trust in the character of Mike, who's like, "Hey, I've I've talked to these people, these indigenous people who gave yeah. me the lowdown, the gave me the thing, the shaka they told me about the thing and how to do the thing and everyone's like okay mike we're with you now let's do this i think there should have been more conversation of like okay the, this is the idea you got this from these people you got it from this thing what is this fourth side of this leather thing like i feel like that should have been more of a discussion where the whole group was like okay now we have all of us have the information and it's not given to us when is necessary by mike i think that would have saved some time um and because yeah there were moments where they're like no we gotta stay together we remember that from the first movie's like now you gotta split apart it's, it's you just you gotta split apart and they're like <laughs> okay and they had to so I think yeah. making even they might have made the same decision but I think them making it as a group it just all they're de- making their decisions as a group would have been smarter than just all right Mike tell us what to do and we'll follow because that obviously got them in places that were a little sticky
0: see see now we're kind of entering into like it's less talking about survivability maybe and more like I'm now just mentally like script doctoring this movie, but like again, I think what i I think the strongest parts of this movie are when the adult losers are all together, and the weakest parts of this movie are when they split up to go on their little like side quests, so part of me feels like the The main story of this movie should be like them as a group going to the Shakopee, you know, like Mike yeah. has done his 27 years of research. And this is all like loosely adapted from some stuff in a book where like they get high in a tent together and hallucinate. <laughs> um, it, it's been a minute since I've read the book, but like, uh, so yeah, like they show up Mike's like, Hey, I've been doing research I like I don't have an answer yet, but like we're running out of time, so I needed to call you sooner rather than later. I know that the Shakapewa just outside of town know something. Then the group goes to the Shakapewa. They get high in a tent, nod yeah. to the book, um, and they have this hallucination of the ritual of Chud. The ritual of Chud can stay the same as it is in the movie, and they can also see in the hallucination that it didn't work when the Shakapewa did it years ago. And then you can have some people take the camp of like, well, it didn't work because they didn't believe, like Mike says, you have to believe for it to work, which is a lesson we learned in the first movie, like the weapons that work are the ones you believe will work, like the bolt gun that's empty works because Bill believes it will. Um so I think that's a lesson that can carry over from the first movie, but it also creates like an interesting group dynamic where we see how each character feels about the ritual, you know, like Richie was always kind of the uh, hesitant to believe. And, you know, he was sort of the disbeliever. He was the, uh, there's a word I'm looking for here, but um, skeptic skeptic. Yes. He was always the skeptic in the first movie. We could bring that back in this movie and have like, again more of that thing of like it does that thing where it wants to drive them apart but they have to stay together instead of this movie being like yep it's just split up (laughs) so um because i do think like there's interest like they explore interesting ideas which is like uh bill's reliving that thing of his guilt makes him want to stay the course alone like he feels like he deserves to die um And so, like, he keeps going down that route of, like, you guys need to stay out of this. I'll face Pennywise alone, and if I die, I die, which culminates in, like, that, like, from a writing perspective, it's so beautiful that we literally have that scene of him, like, drowning his guilt uh, over his dead brother and finally telling himself, like, like, I don't, like, I don't deserve to die for what happened. Like, I'm a good person, I was a good brother, and I don't deserve this guilt that I carry. Um, I think like from a writing perspective that scene is immaculate Um, but like I think that's more interesting in a different context where it's not like they split up because they had to like they're splitting up because of their genuine ideologies that's more interesting as like a character group
1: they're like yes we need to do
0: it's more interesting if you have like they figure out the ritual of Chud and they're debating and they're trying to figure out what to do And then still the driving force can be we have to go after Bill because Bill finally decides like, yeah, I can't ask these guys to go with me. Like, so I I think there are character beats that work in this movie, but like restructured in my script doctor. (laughs) Uh, So we we, I've totally derailed the show to be like, hey, listen to this. Listen to this. Warner Brothers. I got a pitch for you. Um,
1: (laughs) I but I think it also works because that's exactly the point that I I was thinking of where it's like, man, if they would have just like been a group, like more of a group more early, I think you could put this in the lens of our show and say, there were decisions that characters could have made to make what you're talking about happen. Like Mike could have been in touch a little bit more like to have it be urgent. Like, no, you guys need to come here today. We need to fight this to get today to keep them in the loop and be like, Hey, here's what I'm doing guys have like a group chat. I think that is a decision that could have been better and could have achieved what you're talking about, which I totally agree would have been a better uh, story from a script perspective, but also a better outcome um, when it comes to defeating Pennywise. So I think there were decisions that that could have led to what you're talking about for sure. I don't think it's totally off the cuff is what I'm trying to say.
0: Yeah, and and it is sort of interesting, like, I don't know that I necessarily understand the logic of Mike, like, I'll just, well, I, I guess in the book, it's kind of explained that, like, Mike isn't convinced that it will show up again. Do you know what I mean? I feel like in the book, there's sort of some sections where Mike kind of says, like, maybe we did actually kill it when we were 12 and maybe I won't have to worry about it showing up again. So like, yeah, the reason he doesn't call them until he's like, sure is just like sort of a, maybe like a a desperate hope that they did actually get the job done. Right. So I, I feel like that could have been better explained in the movie, but also like, again, from a practical standpoint, like, and it, I, I, it's a human thing. So I, I guess I shouldn't knock it that he, didn't want to say anything until he was sure, you know, he didn't want to dig up like the horrifying memories of fighting a a clown from outer space. Like uh, I, I get why maybe he held off on calling him, but yeah, I, I do see what you mean from a practical standpoint. Like let's just get an email chain going, you know, yeah. like in the early two thousands and make sure we keep up with everybody. And we have some semblance of a plan and Mike's like, hey i talked to the shaka piwa they have this but they also mentioned it didn't work like should we do it so like definitely where i i see where you're coming from with that i don't know i don't i don't know Hmm. Hmm. let me Hmm. think about this in real time um yeah 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 it this is I, I I don't know. This is definitely sort of an interesting thing where the in the logic of the movie all the decisions make sense. But if we use different logic than the movie does, things start to fall apart pretty
1: quick. Um I, yeah, I think this movie, while it I mean, this is this is kind of the same point, but just kind of pushing it a different direction. I think the movie it falls into the same trap as the first movie where it's like everybody is stronger when they're together when they're separate it's they're not as strong and this movie gives reasons why they should separate but again i think there are some points where like the character of um bill yes he has this need to go fight it by itself i don't think that part was weird but oh sorry um that was beautiful Jesus, drinking a monster right now and that's just coming up but when he's like I've got to get that little kid and I got to do it now even though they kind of were dawdling like right before that so it's like yeah you could get the gang together really quick just for all of your safety and then go I don't know so I think there still were decisions made by the characters where they could have still stayed together they didn't always have to split up even though there was more reasons for them to split up in the script in this one. So I think there were some decisions like that. Do you have any other decisions, Lance and you're thinking of or yeah. weaknesses
2: generally? Um, I feel like everything I wanted to say has been said already. So I don't want to like, <laughs> no, you guys are good. Like, it's that's why we have this show is we get to talk about what we want to talk about, but, uh, yeah. Um, yeah, I honestly don't really have anything to add in that category.
1: Cool. Cool. Well, yeah, I, I feel like we've broken down Pennywise pretty good. We've broken down these characters pretty good. We've broken down the city of dairy pretty good. Um, in terms of surviving this movie it's interesting too because how I like to walk you through my my mindset like this kind of movie is really hard to like just put yourself in because there's so many different characters with so much different traumas we've talked about different backstories different motivations so to like talk about surviving it is a little difficult um I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of different ways to approach it. And I'm excited to hear your guys' thoughts. We're kind of ramping up to the part, if this is your first time in the podcast, where we really break it down step-by-step, step how we're going to survive it on two different um, categories. We've got a final boy status and a final girl status. Final boy status, meaning uh, we make it almost to the end of the movie and then, unfortunately pass away so the the final boy this movie would probably be eddie because he passed away at the end spoiler alert we gave a spoiler alert like 15 minutes ago we good guys
0: guys spoiler alert
1: we good guys spoiler alert i can't believe
0: i I can't believe adam
1: didn't say this in
0: advance but spoiler alert
1: you can edit that in it's all right luke that's just some more work for you
0: (laughs) i take out like the entire section of the podcast where you're like Explaining your take on the quality and rating it out of thirteen, then I added, <laughs> I added in like a robot voice, like "spoiler alert." We are now going to discuss this movie in detail. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, geez.
0: be oh, spoiler to <laughs>
1: <laughs> then you do the whole thing in Spanish just so we get you know the audience very well aware. <laughs> A cultured robot. <laughs> so that's final boy status. Can we survive it? Final girl status is what you'd imagine. Can we survive the movie which um, I gotta do the math five of our main characters end up doing. Yeah, two of the main characters from the first one don't do so. Can we survive the whole movie? So let's talk final boy status. Do you guys think that uh, that you're going to give it to yourselves? So let's start with Lanson this time. I want to hear Lanson.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I'll give myself final boy status. I think talking about. Um. Just knowing my personality, I would kind of want to like, I don't know, I'm kind of about getting the thing done when it needs to get done. So I would probably, not that I'm some sort of a superhero, I'm just some average Joe, but even if I died, it would just be like, you know what, my life probably isn't that exciting anyway. Might as well just go attack a clown. So yeah, just get with some childhood friends and see what can happen. So, yeah, I would give myself final boy status just because I would. It may not be successful, but I would be persistent.
1: What about you, Luke?
0: Uh, Yeah, I'll give myself final boy status. I think in this movie, it's pretty easy to make your way to the end of the movie as long as you don't uh, kill yourself. So I guess controversial take. I will not be killing myself. There are those there, and there are those of you out there that wish I would.
1: <laughs> Damn!
0: But spoiler alert: I will not be. <laughs> he ain't gonna listen,
1: no haters.
0: <laughs> He's the champion of the world. <laughs> taking home, taking home the belt. I'm taking home the belt because belt of life. I'm taking home the belt because I want to live. <laughs> yeah. Spoiler alert <laughs> to Luke. <laughs>
1: I will also not be oh, killing man. myself. In this. Yeah. Good, good. I don't, think, yeah. I don't think that's the way to escape. I, don't, I think the way to survive is not helped by killing yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. In this movie, I think I'm also going to give it to myself. I think a lot of decisions, mostly involving staying together as a group, uh, having that mindset. Like Lanson said too, if you're like focused on target and you're like, we're getting this done, I think you're at least surviving up until you're fist to fist, face to face with the old clown in that dark cave. Yeah. So, and Adam um, will be going full fisticuffs with Pennywise. <laughs> I've been preparing my whole life.
0: What, oh, all, that all that shadow boxing, all that shadow boxing you do in the shower every morning. Yeah. Adam didn't realize we knew about that, but we did.
2: Oh yeah, dude. Been following his career for a while.
1: <laughs> My career, yeah, yeah. Gets the shampoo bottles. Yeah. Knockout <laughs> every time.
2: Oh, he's punishing the conditioner. So the corner's got to throw in the towel. This is getting out of hand. He's com- God, that man had a family.
0: He's commentating on his own fight with the shampoo bottles. <laughs> this is brutal. He's punishing the body. <laughs>
2: <laughs> just, just gushes everywhere shampoo everywhere fatality
0: we're talking about a right hook that'll we're talking about a right hook that'll get a squirt out of any bottle <laughs> 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 <Ooh>. <laughs>
2: i don't wow I, that's uh maybe that's an ability you want to have maybe
0: not depends on uh, now feels situation. like a good time to re- reiterate to the audience i will not be killing myself <laughs> <laughs> no matter what you guys say
2: <laughs> oh Luke can never die
1: <laughs> oh man let's uh let's finish this off with some good old final girl status uh I think I'll go ahead and start this time, oh, uh, just to change it up a little bit. I think I—I I don't think I'm gonna survive this movie. I'm sorry to say. I feel like I've been surviving uh, too many movies recently, for one thing. But also, <laughs> I honestly think the powers I'm too of this,
0: lucky for too long.
1: <laughs> just, I've been surviving against Michael Myers. I've been surviving against all sorts of crap. Uh, Pennywise is going to get me. I think the amb- ambiguity of his character and his powers, even though they're more defined in this movie, it's still, I don't know. I, I-, I think if one of those claws can just get you, it's just going to get me. I-, I think there are so a lot of moments in this movie where Pennywise is just monologuing and saying things. And I was like, I don't know. He could probably take out three of them in the time he's like talking. So, I think realistically, if I was in this situation and I was in there, and I was like, uh, you don't have power over me. I- I'm just going to get skewered. I don't believe that much. I'm kind of a security cat and uh, I'm going to die. But my friends who are also there with me will use my death as motivation to believe even more. They will take him out and I'll have a heartfelt moment with someone who loves me but never told me And, and it'll be a sad moment But I will, <laughs> and, I your will. La- and your last words To that person will be I fucked your mother I fucked your <laughs> mother and it'll, <laughs> and it'll be sweet It'll be really nice It's a good moment between between friends Alright Which direction are we going to go Top or bottom, left or right Where is it going to be Luke Howder, <laughs> let's hear from you Are you going to hit me <laughs> I know, I'm like <laughs> oh. I'm feeling oh. aggressive today. I'm sorry. Threw <laughs> the monitor, off my headphones just going Snapped crazy Snapped his head back with that jab <laughs> <I>
0: moved <laughs> on from the sh- shampoo bottles. It's <laughs> graduated human up. beings. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to give myself final girl status and let me tell you oh, how I plan on doing it. Oh, man. So I get my cardio running around the crater there at the end. I survive long enough to hear the whole, we got to make him small. Uh, and you know, the, the, the best way to make somebody small is just believe that they are or whatever, whatever, uh, you know, whatever the script writer pulled out of his ass in the 11th hour. And, uh, I'll be like, Oh, okay. So he's just going to be whatever I think he is. I'm going to be like, congratulations, Pennywise, you a raccoon. And I'm going to watch him full turn into a little tiny raccoon. And then I will probably just drop kick him into a trash compactor for all I care I don't know like <laughs> after that it's pretty easy like they they pull this dude's heart out of his chest like not even, like you almost feel bad for him he got those little baby hands I know <laughs> <But> like,
1: <laughs>
0: I like, just, <laughs> oh, just man. literally look that clown dead in the eye and be like I don't know you're like a friggin baby and he turns into a little baby and you snap
1: his neck it hey, look there's a million things you could do. A million <laughs> things you could do have you heard the thing about raccoons and your butthole? You know, you could have you heard that? You could, what? you know. Sorry, what? Is that is I, that not common knowledge?
0: <laughs> I assume that any animal will try to crawl up my butthole. <laughs> and I'm and I'm always prepared for that contingency. That's what you don't know about me, Adam, is if I turn Pennywise into a raccoon, I'm already prepared for the
1: contingency that he'll try to crawl up my butt. Well, maybe you want him to be in your butt because that is a small place, and he'll have to shrink down even more. You know, I give a good squeeze. Bye, bye, Pennywise.
0: (laughs) See, that's why I'm really hitting the gym.
1: (laughs) You gotta train those. You gotta train those muscles, man. Yeah, that's that's really why. Squeeze and unsqueeze all day.
0: That's really why I'm doing squats every day. Yeah, they don't call me Thunder Cheeks for nothing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna squash a clown between these two bricks. Ready for the thunderclap?
1: <laughs> called the guillotine. Let's go.
0: <laughs> oh, <laughs> woo! Some people call it the mousetrap, <laughs> but of course. <laughs> oh
1: man. Uh, anything <sighs> else you want to add to that, Luke, or is or is that the the finale? I could keep going. I could keep naming things he'll
0: turn into in ways I could kill him. Uh, I could go ahead and turn him into a hamster and shove him up Richard Gere's butt. Yes. Uh, You know, maybe I make him a frog and then I just toss him in some
1: acid to turn him into Eddie's mom and, you know, fuck her. Fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) To death. (laughs) Hey, man.
0: like (sighs) We all know. Yeah, We all know it's possible to sex a girl to death. You're just too good at sex.
2: Yes. That,
0: you know, because that's a thing. Us guys who have sex know. Yes. It's like, it's actually really hard to stop yourself from just banging a girl into oblivion. Like, yeah. it's hard to hold yourself back.
1: <laughs> I have to have a mass grave in my backyard. It just happens too much. <laughs> oh, What's the smell? Uh... <laughs> a sexual creature what can i say what's what's that giant
0: oven you got in the backyard i wouldn't worry about it i like making pies meat (laughs) pies a real american pie
2: (laughs) Uh, all
1: right let's Let's stop this spiral downward where or how i guess is the operative question would you make uh Well, I guess, would you make final girl I was just assuming. I'm sorry. Would you make final girl status? Hey, you're
2: good, man. You're good. Uh, You assume correctly. I will give myself final girl status. And this is how. In my 27 years away from Derry, I will have become a very educated person. I will have attended DeVry University. And upon (laughs) attending said university, I will have majored in psychology because I wanted to know more about myself and about my, my past life that I'm dealing with. And so I'll be, you know, I'll, I'll probably go on to get a PhD to get that in psychology. So I will return to dairy, um, when, uh, when called upon. And so the thing is, I, uh, I'm going to take a little bit from Adam in the last one. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to manifest some things here. I'm oh, going to yeah. say, ultimately, the thing I'm most afraid of is the person that I see in the mirror, which is myself, forcing Pennywise to turn into me. And the great thing about that is I know all of my weaknesses. <laughs> I know that I'm allergic to echidnas. I am... Uh, lactose, chocolate, lactose, dairy intolerance. So, you know, chocolate Swiss cheese and chocolate pepper Jack, you know, start throwing that. But ultimately um, I have a mushroom allergy, so I will just give that to Pennywise. he will probably be taken aback. Like nobody's ever been nice to me. Okay. I mean, hey, like it's different than people. I'll try eating that then because he's me he will die from from eating mushrooms so yeah you know um in a way to uh to win i have to take my life <laughs> or the life of somebody that looks like me a doppelganger <laughs> rather yeah it so, feels it yeah. feels
0: different cuz it's somebody else yeah you know yeah I'm just imagining that scene in this movie where Pennywise turns into you and it's like deeply homoerotic for a moment before <laughs> just like all out
1: violence.
2: Oh, you're a handsome devil, aren't you? Yes, I am. Just saying this at the same time in sequence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So, you know, um, that's, that's it for me. I'm taking home the belt by being myself.
1: I love it. I support both of you guys generally. And that that's a wrap on uh, on this movie. Um, very excited for the next movie. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, because I like 50% of the time am. I think we're doing Alien next, right? Uh, yeah, I forgot it until you said it. But yeah, that's correct. Okay, so <laughs> catch us, Alien. We're really winding down the season We've had a blast. It's getting close. Uh, So thanks for sticking around. We've got a good backlog of episodes if you get bored. Um, But yeah, um, super always fun to talk about. Talk about movies. Um, Let's talk about plugs. What stuff's going on in you guys' life that you want to talk about?
0: Uh, Yeah, just uh, um, I'm always working on something. I know I'll be doing like a... I'm, I'm joining up a D and D stream to play in a couple weeks. Uh, Got some stuff I'm making for my YouTube channel. So just uh, why don't you just go ahead and follow me on Twitter and I'll tweet about whatever I'm doing and you can find it there. So on Twitter, I'm at Luke Howder, L U K E H A U E T E R. Go uh, track me down.
1: See? And,
2: and as always, this podcast is a ton of fun to make final Boy status. We appreciate the support. Keep listening. And yeah.
1: All right. And I just uh, posted a video on my YouTube channel. Oh, uh, it was Lord. a reaction kind of uh, to the movie. I just watched in theaters last night in Soho directed by Edgar Wright, a fantastic movie. So I kind of gave my thoughts on that and horror movies in general. I'm not super good at making videos. So don't judge too harshly, but go <laughs> and check that out. YouTube. Uh com slash Adam Bone is is what I am on uh, YouTube. Nice. So check oh, it
0: out. I'm subscribed, baby. All fine. Oh it. yeah,
2: I got a question for you, Adam. When is Shadowed Two coming out?
1: I know there's a lot of speculation about Shadowed Two, but I am uh, I cannot give a comment at this moment as if, as uh, as if there is a sequel coming.
2: Out. So soon. Okay, cool. <laughs> I
1: I can tell you that I worked on a draft
0: of the script. And Adam was so mad, he kicked me out of the apartment. He <laughs> had to go all the way out to Anchorage, Alaska. I had to go to Alaska to let things cool down.
1: <laughs> well, it can't just all be a dream, Luke. There's got to be some reality to it. That's all I'm saying. That's all it's I a, wanted. It's a perfect cheat code. That's all I'm saying.
0: You can have anything
1: <laughs> happen. and then it'd Just be, write be like,
0: anything It away. was
1: a dream.
2: It was all a dream. Oh,
1: fair enough john goodman didn't actually die john goodman's gonna be in shadowed part two
0: dude he's been he has been on the phone like yeah he's been attached to this on imdb for like three years dude he will not
2: leave me alone i'm like Like, dude it'll happen when it happens he's like come on talk to bone
1: Unnamed Adam Bone Project under John good Yeah, yeah. Twenty-five. I like
0: I like Unnamed Adam Bone Project. You click on it and it just says follow up to shadow, follow up to Shadowed, and it's like, well, well, then why not just call it two? Why not? <laughs> why not call it two? Why is it Untitled Adam Bone Project?
1: <laughs> gotta be, gotta be mysterious.
2: Gotta make is, my uh, moves in silence.
1: <laughs> keep the intrigue. Well, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure talking with you. We'll catch you next time.